Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome, everyone, to the fifth episode of Breaking Free Authentically. I can't believe how fast it's going, but this is very exciting. So today, ah, this has been a difficult one to figure out because I want to make sure that what I'm presenting to you feels like a good sequential order so that um, things make sense to you and that you understand why I see things the way I do and why I feel like it's so important. So I thought today that I would, um, that I would share with you my manifesto. So it's called, I think, think this is the title I'm going to stick with. If not, well, whatever. I've changed it. If, if it's not the same, I've changed it and I think it's better. But if not, it's going to be the same and it's going to be called My Manifesto Sharing My Mission, Vision, and Passion. So I've talked about sex positivity and sexual shame lately, which I feel are super important um, before I talk about this. And we've seen how destructive a negative view of sex and sexuality can be for relationships and life in general. We live in this mononormative culture, which means that one woman and one man being married forever is is our standard of excellence. And anything outside of that structure is not readily accepted. I'm sure you can agree with that. Anything that doesn't quite fit with that, we're like, mm, oh, I don't know about that. And you really have to think about it. And not everybody just is on board. But if it's a man and a woman and they decide to get married, great. You know, that is the thing. Um, But things are changing, which is exciting because there's a little bit more room for authenticity, I think. Um, So things like LGBTQ plus has worked really hard to pave the way for out-of-the-box relationships and progressive thinking. Um, Things like gay and lesbian marriage, they're normalizing those things, which are being allowed into our culture and now... Um, you know, we're even allowing gay marriage, which, you know, wasn't a thing years ago. Um, there's, there's a lot of variety on how we are experiencing, um, different relationships and outside of the norm thinking, which is great. Uh, progressive thinking, like I I said, is starting to be the norm, even though there's a long way to go. Um, so monogamy is the norm. And like I said, monogamy is, monogamy is one person, two people in a relationship and they are sexually committed to each other and emotionally committed to each other. There's actually different variations and, and different ways of, of operating monogamously. And I, I want to talk about those things, not today, but we're going to go into monogamy deeply and just kind of what our beliefs and our programming has been around monogamy and, and kind of where it comes from and how, um, what are the parts that are helpful and what parts maybe need to change or, or do we need to rethink? Because I think it's important to rethink everything. Like I rethought my whole way of life so that I could re I recreated my worldview from the ground up and that's been really difficult but also really rewarding. Non-monogamy has been around since the beginning of time. It's not always in an ethical way though. So we've all heard of cheating. Those are people who are usually in monogamous relationships, but 
who go outside of their relationship. And this is this is common. That is a form of non-monogamy. But it it's not an ethical form of non-monogamy, which is important to distinguish. But non-monogamy has a bad rap because that's what people think of when they think of non-monogamy. Ooh, that's cheating. Um, but what if I told you that there's an ethical way to be non-monogamous? Have you ever heard of the term ethical non-monogamy? Some of you who have been following me on Instagram might have seen me talk about that a little bit or, you know, refer to ethical non-monogamy. What is that? Um, perhaps you've heard of open relationships or polyamory. Maybe you've heard of swingers or the LS or lifestyle. Or what about the term monogamish, which was coined by Dan Savage? So these are all terms that fall under the umbrella of ethical non-monogamy. And there's other things as well. But that is, um, those are some of the more common terminologies that you might be familiar with. So let's talk about ethical non-monogamy. Um, so ethical non-monogamy, what is it? Um, it's also known as ENM. So ethical non-monogamy or ENM is the practice of having multiple sexual and or romantic relationships with the knowledge and agreement of all partners involved, explains sexuality and relationship scientist Zana Vrangolova, and she's a PhD and a consultant and creator of Open Smarter, which is an online course that helps people make decisions about their relationships, a little bit like what I do. So this is, um, I took this from an, an article, and I'll post it in the show notes, called What is Ethical Non-Monogamy? And it's written by Ali Wonderman, um, and it's an article in Cosmopolitan. And it had some really good information. So I will post that one because I thought it was really good. But I will do an episode on ethical non-monogamy as well. We're going to really talk about that because I really want people to understand kind of all sides of it because it does get a bad rap. And um, I'm hopefully going to show a different side of that. So what would the world look like if sex was not shameful but empowering? What would the world look like if ethical non-monogamy was just as acceptable as monogamy? It would be an incredible world that is loving and free, accepting of people's choices without judgment. It would be a world where people can come together and support each other's desires instead of making them feel guilty. It would be a world where sexy is power and beauty, where love abounds, where you don't need to filter your words so that you can fit in. It would be a world where flirtation and fun are honored and jealousy does not control relationships. And that is really important. It's a world where your body is not riddled with fear of being misunderstood or not fitting in. It would be a world of freedom where you could live your most authentic self, whatever that may look like. And I talk a lot about authenticity. So that is super important to me. It would be a world where ownership in relationships is not the norm and honoring who you want to be is. A world where sexual experimentation is not only okay, but is encouraged. And where your deepest desires can come to life without fear of judgment. And where sharing is caring and community exists. This is my world. It's the world that my tribe and my family lives in. This is where relationships come alive for me. Where eroticism is just as commonplace and normal as brushing your teeth. There's freedom, void of pressure. There's friendships that can often become exactly what they're meant to be without the pressure of societal rules being imposed on them, which is really freeing. This is the world that I want to create. It's, it's the magic I want you to experience. This is the world that is my home. This is where I live, love, and laugh. I have no fear of judgment in this world, and I'm loved beyond imagination. And I thrive as a human in this environment. I no longer feel like I don't belong. I'm not too much. I'm not out of place. 
I am me, simply me, and I love it. So how am I going to create this world, you ask? Well, I'm going to start by disrupting our prescribed view of relationships and marriage. I don't want people to should all over themselves. <laughs> and uh, you might have heard me use that term, but I use it a lot with my clients, and I think that's pretty funny. There's a freedom and there's more to life than following the rules and feeling like you don't belong. I talked about this in my first episode. I will openly support open relationships from swinging to polyamory and everything in between. My mission is to normalize ethical non-monogamy so that everyone can feel safe choosing the types of relationships that they want to have. You can successfully have families and committed relationships even if you're not monogamous. It's not the only right way, but that's not what the world wants us to believe. I've been a successful mother for over 20 years, and many of those years I've been non-monogamous. My children have thrived and are incredible human beings. They're sex positive and accepting of others just as they are. They're free of guilt and shame when it comes to their bodies and their choices. There's no pressure for them to be anything but authentically themselves. And I love that. They're loving, responsible, and successful teens and adults with good jobs. They're students, and they've learned to save money. They're independent and well-adjusted. I say this because it's often an excuse to judge the lifestyle, but I assure you that it can be done beautifully, ethically, and lovingly. And that is my hope for everyone to really see this world for the beauty that it is. It's not just about sex. And if you think that that's what it's about, then you're missing the point. Um, so I want to take you on the most incredible adventure into this world. I want you to experience the empowerment that comes when you get to really choose what you want in life and then make it happen in an ethical way. Honesty and compassion are the cornerstones of this world. Empowered couples who have connection and safety in their relationships can take their novelty to the next level and truly thrive in this world. And I just did an episode on that. How to be an empowered couple, right? So this fits right in with that. It's a place where you can feel youthful again. Age is not a factor. You can truly live your best life and enjoy it to the fullest without regret. I want you to get out of the box. Try something new. I want to see you thrive and experience all of the beauty and freedom life has to offer. Let me take you on this journey and help you navigate this new, brave world safely and lovingly. And I can show you all that there is available to you if you desire to step out. So what if I can show you a way to unapologetically get your needs met without your partner feeling threatened by that? How would that feel? This is the world we will explore together. So today, I want to present to you my mission and my dream and my vision and my passion by introducing you to my manifesto. So when we come back, that's what we will talk about. Please visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love to have you join our private Facebook community and oasis called Breaking Free to Be Authentically Me. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Okay, so by now, you know how important it is to me to be able to break free and live authentically. I did this by breaking out of the box that I was told to live in for so many years. I learned to be sex positive and open-minded because of my deep love for others. I was forced to question things and question my beliefs and my programming, which was really difficult. But as I said in my first episode, I learned to be sex positive. I started listening to Playboy Radio because they were the worst of the worst. And 
what I discovered is that they were my people and they weren't at all what I had heard and they were not how they had been described to me. So I learned to be sex positive and open-minded because of my deep love for others, like I said. But I wanted to be able to be myself just like those beautiful souls that I discovered on Playboy. Crazy, right? I want people to love themselves deeply and feel empowered to live their truth without apology. So let's get into it. I wrote this manifesto several months ago now, but it is my heart in so many ways. It's, it's still true and I've added to it and I've taken away and I've changed it, but the core remains the same. I love relationships and I've always wanted to have the most incredible relationship. That has always been a huge goal of mine. And one that is honest and loving and kind and connected. These are like the values in my life that I want to have in my life on a daily basis. And um, I've finally been able to design that relationship in all of my other relationships in my life to meet my needs and to be a true reflection of who I am in every way. I get to be my best self and live my best life. So here is my manifesto. I'm here to normalize ethical non-monogamy. But before I can do that, there's something that needs to be done alongside. So I am here to disrupt generations of programming when it comes to relationships, especially marriage. How we see them, how we look at them, how we come to them, how we embrace them, what we expect from them, and what we desire for them. I want to open our eyes to the endless possibilities available to us. Connection comes in so many ways, and we sit in this box of limitations because of what we've been told should be, or what ought to be. Well, we have such an incredible ability to connect deeply to one another as humans, but we don't tap into this beauty. If you look at our history, we have moved away from deep interconnectedness to extreme independence. We wonder why we are so lonely and why we have a society struggling with mental illness. I propose that we move away from our source of comfort, strength, and joy when we move away from each other. Fear drives our interactions. We fear getting too close to people we connect with because the rules of our society say that we can only get close to certain people. There's no fluidity in our interactions. We hold back at every turn. I've always connected with guys easily, and because of this, I was judged heavily by the girls in my life. I was treated like a threat when I had the purest of intentions. I simply wanted to connect to other like-minded souls, but that often made me look like a slut in their eyes. There was nothing even sexual about my interactions. I'm a physical person and enjoy hugs and touch, but it wasn't sexual. I gravitated towards those that also enjoyed similar interactions and had no shame about that. What I learned very quickly, though, was that I could not be myself. I had to filter every interaction and tame the level of intimacy that I naturally brought to every interaction. I had to hold myself back. I learned that I was too much, too emotional, too physical, or too open. This created a deep insecurity within me. I wasn't understood. I was not accepted for who I was. I didn't fit the usual standard. I clearly did not fit in this box, but I wanted to fit. We all want to fit. I tried to fit, so I changed who I became so I could fit. This is common. It's sad, though. There's so many things I'd like to change about how we see relationships. Um, so I'll start with, with just a few but especially marriage, since this is often the goal of our programming. 
marriage is kind of the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal. So I'll just name them. There's 11 that I have here in my manifesto. The first one is marriage is expected to last forever. Two, marriage is only between one man and one woman. Three, emotional connections outside the marriage with the opposite sex is frowned upon. Four, marriage should meet all our needs. Five, being married means you belong to your spouse. Six, sex outside of marriage is wrong. And these might not all be things that you uphold, but these are definitely things that I was told growing up in, in my Christian upbringing. And there's a lot of people that aren't even religious that are affected by these particular rules or programming, okay? So even if it doesn't all apply to you, you can see that this is kind of standard protocol in a lot of the ways that we think about marriage and relationships. So sex outside of marriage is wrong. Seven, jealousy and self-sacrifice equals love. How many are people pleasers? How many feel that if your partner is not jealous, then they don't love you? That is a very common, common uh, misconception is that jealousy equals love. Eight, loving more than one person intimately is not possible. Nine, sexual freedom is shameful and slut-shaming is okay. Ten, sex and love are not mutually exclusive, meaning they're always together. Sex and love are together. They're not their own entities. Eleven, setting boundaries in your life is mean, especially in marriage. I know I believe that more people are understanding boundaries these days and it's less prevalent, but it's still definitely, definitely something a lot of people struggle with, especially if they've had childhood trauma in any way and are, have become people pleasers, not very good at setting boundaries. Okay, so those are the 11 things. So I'll expound a little bit more on those. The expectation is that marriage should last forever or you have failed. This belief is crippling. There's nothing worse than feeling stuck in a situation rather than getting to choose to stay. What if the, what if the expectation wasn't forever? What if marriage was a contract that you need to renew every five to ten years? How would that affect the way we behave in our relationships? I'd propose that we would have healthier relationships where we value each other and don't take each other for granted. We're told that marriage is between one man and one woman, and we believe that. We are told that having an emotional connection um, with someone that's not your partner or your spouse counts as having an emotional affair. We need to label everything so that we know if it fits in the box or not. There's nothing more constricting than a label, especially when labels don't define you properly. We have this idea that once you find, quote unquote, the one and get married, all of your needs will be met and you shouldn't need anybody else. That is false. You can ask the majority of married people if they feel fulfilled. Most say they do not feel 100% fulfilled by one person. We all need friends and family. We need others in our lives. However, the idea that we could also have other intimate or sexual relationships outside of marriage is crazy. Why can we love multiple children and have many friendships, but all of a sudden the idea of loving another individual is impossible? in a romantic way. Why, why is that impossible? Jealousy is built into our programming as well. We're taught that if we really love someone, we will feel jealous when they look at or talk to someone else. We act out in ways that don't honor our partner. Alternatively, if our spouse or partner does not get jealous, it means that they don't really love us. This doesn't feel good for anyone. 
We're taught that we're supposed to feel scared and anxious or threatened by other people. That's not a comfortable way to live. What if we adopted the mentality that if our partner makes a connection with another person, it just adds to their joy and fulfillment in life? This concept of being happy for our partners and feeling joy for them instead of feeling threatened and jealous is a concept in ethical non-monogamy that we call compersion. When my partner makes a connection with someone that can give them something I can't give him, I feel happy for him that he gets to enjoy that while not having to give up what we have together. It's so beautiful. I could choose to be scared and angry that she could possibly give him something I can't, or I can see it as a relief that I don't need to try and be something that I'm not so that my partner can have more in life. It's all perspective. Nobody can meet all of our needs. It's impossible, literally. However, we choose to believe the fairy tale notion that we will meet our one person that will meet all of our needs. This is not possible. It doesn't mean you can't be satisfied without all of your needs being met. However, realizing that one person won't meet all of your needs takes away the unrealistic pressure for us to need to be everything to our partner. There would be much less resentment if we didn't expect this from our partners. The problem is we expect it. I do not believe that the current system is working. Surprise, surprise. Divorce is constantly on the rise. Something in our system is broken. We tend to blame people for this, but I would like to propose that it is the system and our programming that's broken and and to blame and not people, necessarily. We've been a part of a patriarchal system for a long time now. The idea that women and children are property is an outdated concept. We now have paternity testing, and women now have rights that they have never had before. It's ridiculous to be holding on to these concepts, these old concepts of ownership in this day and age. Yet, we do. Wouldn't it feel much better to get to choose to be with someone and have them choose you? It's human nature to rebel against restrictions. Why do we build this into our relationships and create frustration and insecurity? People want out when they feel trapped. People want to stay when they feel safe and cared for. What better way to make someone feel safe and cared for than to choose them daily, all while being allowed to also make other choices. Let's talk about sex for a minute. We often make sex mean love, and love needs to be a prerequisite for sex. What if sex is just sex, and love is just love? Why can't they be mutually exclusive? I can have sex just for fun, or I can have sex and make love in the process. I can also love deeply without even having sex. They can stand alone and be combined to whatever extent that they need to be. We put so much pressure on ourselves to always make sex need to be a spiritual experience or it doesn't mean anything. This can be so disappointing and stressful. Again, it creates unnecessary pressure. When we see sex as a tool for lovemaking instead of being the lovemaking, it changes everything. So let me read that again. When we see sex as a tool for lovemaking instead of being the lovemaking, it changes everything. All of a sudden, we can be open to experimenting. It's then possible to just have lighthearted fun with sex and be less serious. You can play. It can completely transform the way you interact in your relationship. Again, the expectation is taken away. In ethical non-monogamy, we believe that adding others to our relationships can be deeply fulfilling and satisfying. On the swinging side of things, you can add other people into your sexual play with each other and fulfill fantasies that you never could with just the two of you. There are so many possibilities, and when you're ethical and honest about it, It can bring you so much closer as a couple. You can be authentic with each other, and you can actually feel joy at watching your partner 
being pleasured and giving pleasure to others. There's, there's something so exciting about watching your spouse being sought after by others and knowing that at the end of the day, they still choose you. It makes you see them in a different light and it also can make you so proud to be their partner or spouse. They can even become more attractive to you. This happens very often. It's exciting. That's not even mentioning the deep friendships that you can develop with like-minded people. This world is filled with some of the most classy, luxurious people I've ever met. It's almost a different level of people, I'd say. For the most part, these people have done the work on themselves to not be living in fear and losing to not be living in fear of losing their person or losing themselves. They tend to be more self-confident and empowered. It's a whole new up-leveled way of being in relationships. I'm constantly in awe of the connected couples that I encounter. They truly love each other and give each other the freedom to truly be themselves. It's so refreshing to not be around catty women who think you're out to get them. I can be myself at last. I remember growing up that so many women or so many girls were just so mean to me and giving me the silent treatment or like starting fights with me. Like really for no, no real reason, but I just didn't always fit the mold. You know, I was from a different culture and I was very religious and naive and I just thought the best in everyone and you know, they just didn't relate to me. So it's just really refreshing to be in a community where the women support each other and they love each other and they're not catty with each other and they're not afraid that you're always out to steal their man because that is not the case. It's just, it's very refreshing. I could go on, but I think you get the idea. My mission is to change the way we see the world and open our eyes to new possibilities. And once we shift the paradigm of how we approach relationships, we can create a whole new world where ethical non-monogamy is simply another choice and not a threat to our society. There's a better way, and I want to open our eyes to a new way of living. Marriage and relationships can be wonderful, and there can be hope when we don't restrict our thinking. So that's my manifesto. And as you can see, it's kind of a big mission. But really, at the end of the day, I just want to normalize other styles of relationships because nobody has to be put in a box. And there's no reason why we should judge other people's way of relating if they're living true to themselves and authentically. If they're not out to hurt people. If they're honest if they love others, if they love their spouse or their partner, that is important. If, if they love their kids, if they are, you know, presenting their kids with like even more loving family and, and people to aid in their growing up, that can be a huge benefit too. Um, there's not, as much negativity as people think, but because it is so shameful and because we're taught this monogamy structure and mononormative thinking, that's what we, that's what we gravitate to. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with being monogamous. And I want to be really clear about that. I was monogamous for many, many, many years And that's okay. The thing is, I want you to choose monogamy if you want to be monogamous. So I want you to see all the choices out there. And then I want you to design the relationship that works for you. I want you to choose the style that works for you and your partner. And you create that. I want you to redesign your marriage if that's what you... And and talk about the new things that you can do. I will be talking about my, um, the relationship redesign program. And it's really based on that concept that, you know, like I said, we should redesign our relationships every five to 10 years 
in marriage, the contract should be shorter, I think. And I think we would learn to appreciate each other more because if you have to renegotiate a contract, you know, well, if you think about a president, the first four years of their term, uh, they're much better behaved um, than in the second half of their term when it doesn't matter because they can't get reelected. <laughs> the first the first half, they're, you know, they want to be chosen again. And so they're kind and they don't take people for granted as much. And, you know, they have other things to think about. They can't just be selfish. So I think that there's something to that. And I don't want us to be fake in that renegotiation term, but we get to be ourselves and we get to see if things are working or not working. Some want hierarchical structures, some want non-hierarchical structures, and that's okay. The beauty is you get to design exactly what it is that you want and what meets your needs. If you want a home base and you want a nesting partner and you want you know, your primary partner to and family to be your structure. And then you just want an open relationship where you can enjoy people outside of that, but they're not part of your primary world. That's okay. As long as you're honest with the people that you're interacting with, if you're not promising that you can give everything and that they're going to be completely equal, that's perfectly fine because they get to agree to that. But there's, there's many ways of looking at this. And I, I don't want to talk too much about all the ins and outs because I I do want to cover that. But as an elite relationship designer, this is what I do is I help you design exactly what it is that you want. And I do that partly by shifting the programming and getting you to see other structures and other designs and other styles and accept them as equally acceptable and normal even if that's not for you, because then you can start to go, huh, that's interesting. I think that's something I would like to try, or I think that this would be, you know, kind of exciting to try. Maybe you just want to be creative in your monogamous relationship and add excitement in different ways. And there's four main areas of um, monogamy. And I'm guessing you probably don't even know that there's four different areas and some aren't equally monogamous. In fact, most of us in our culture are not actually monogamous anymore. We're serial monogamists because people date one person at a time. But if you're actually monogamous, it's one person that you've had sex with for life until you die, you know, like forever. That is true monogamy. But we've we've shifted that in this you know, in this age where, you know, people can have sex and they can marry and sometimes they separate or divorce and they marry other people or they date other people, but doesn't work out. And nobody really frowns on that. That's, that's okay. Um, and at the same time, just going back to that, what I said earlier about like marriage is forever. And if it's not forever, then somehow you failed And I really, really want to change that dialogue in our minds because that was probably one of the hardest things that I had to get over because I was so committed to staying married because that was the right thing and and not staying married was a failure that I failed to realize what was actually good for each individual in the relationship. And sometimes, you know, we've outgrown a relationship or sometimes we end up going in different directions, but the time that we had together was so valuable and important. And that was the case with my ex-husband. We had a great marriage and it was, it was really comfortable and, but really difficult at the same time. Um, but we were kind of on the same page for the most part, but we've, both grown so much in different ways. And like, we were kids when we got married, we were 22, you know, and now 25 years later, we're adults and parents of, you know, adults and teenagers. And, you know, two of our, our kids are out of the house and, and going to school and and living on their own. 
So we're at very different stages in our lives. And, you know, I think that I could easily get stuck on that's a failure, but no, it's a win because we consciously uncoupled in a beautiful way and we still get along and, you know, we still can discuss things and not get angry at each other and it works really well and that's okay and that's healthy. In fact, (laughs) one of the first things our daughter said when we said that we were separating was, I'm surprised it took so long for you guys. I'm surprised you stayed together for so long. And we just kind of looked at her and we were like, yep. She goes, yeah, you guys are just so different and you just not the same kind of people at all. And that's true. And that was really good for us to grow and shape into the kind of people that we were. But sometimes that changes and that's okay. It's okay to grow. It's okay to learn things about yourself. It's okay to heal. It's okay to go in different directions and have different desires. We have very different desires of what we want and what marriage should look like. Should look like, you see? This is what we've been fed. So I think it's quite beautiful and quite brave when you're in a situation that is really not the best for you when it's when you aren't when you don't feel connected and and it's you can't find things to connect on and when you don't feel safe in your relationship because you don't know how to create safety in each other's languages or whatever it's it's not good for you to be in that situation it can really affect your mental health and there's a lot of people stuck in relationships where they're very, very unhappy and they've lost who they are. And it's interesting to me that, you know, we celebrate 50 years of marriage where the couple might hate each other, but then we shame people who have been brave enough to honor themselves and step out of a situation that isn't the greatest for them and and do something else to honor who they are and honor each other in the process. That's frowned upon. And to me, that's sad because... I know that I am so much happier now and I am thriving as a person um, in so many ways. And in fact, we're both thriving in different ways. And our choices don't mean that we failed. And I just think that that's really important. Um, So that's another thing that I, you know, I'll probably talk about um, with maybe I'll interview some people that have gone through separations, you know, in a healthy way and have found a different partner that just so much better suited for them and that they can work together. It's just, you can enter a different stage in your life and have someone that really matches you and completes you in a different way. And, and that's what I found, you know, I I think that, um, I don't regret at all my time being married and I don't regret my separation at all. I think it's been really good for me. It's had its challenges and I've had to grow in a different way, but definitely it's been a good thing. So I won't talk too much longer, but I am excited to explore some of these things with you and talk about some of this beautiful stuff with you because honestly, I think people have this misconception that it is about sex, that that ethical non-monogamy or, you know, open relationships is is all about sex, but it is about so much more than that. There's many asexual people who are polyamorous and it's not about sex at all. It's about having other beautiful, intimate, connected relationships where you can love people. And one thing I see in this community is just such a deep, honest love for each other without fear of it being misread because we really do truly love each other. And there's no rules against loving each other. It doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship to be able to show like true love. And I really want to normalize, um, affection in platonic relationships because I think that's so important too. I think it's really beautiful when friends 
can be physical with each other. Like we, we don't nearly hug enough. We don't touch each other enough because it's somehow wrong, you know? And I think that that doesn't have to be the case. I mean, we are beings that are created to be in community. We thrive in community. I was listening to um, a talk today. Was it today or last night? It might've been last night. This guy was talking about studying cells and that you can't really study cells on their own because they become sick and they die and they don't function like they're supposed to. So you can't study them in isolation. And he was talking about how people in isolation become unhealthy and they can't fight things. Their cells actually deteriorate. Um, and our mental health deteriorates, lots of things. We are meant to be in community. We are meant to be interdependent, not just independent, like a lot of this culture, especially in North America says, especially in the U.S., is a very independent culture. And I did talk about that before. It is independent here in Canada as well, but I think there's more of a connection with people. It's just like uh, a more friendly vibe. And I'm not saying Canadians are necessarily more friendly, but we're more willing to get in each other's space. I think we're more willing to ask each other questions. We're more willing to apologize for sure. If you've heard us, we say, I'm sorry for everything. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that either culture has glorified independence over interdependence. And so we're either codependent or independent independent and we don't know what this middle ground looks like and so i really think it's important to understand interdependence and how to be connected to others we we only live once and there's beautiful people on this earth and we get to find our tribe and we get to live with our tribe and enjoy the time that we have with the people that we love and that is living and you know, that's whoever you choose that to be. It could be your children. It could be your spouse. It could be your friends. It could be your family. It could be anyone, or it could be your tribe. You know, you might just need to find a tribe and people do better when they have points of connection and having a tribe that doesn't judge me for anything and doesn't judge me for being me. And that I don't have to sit here and use mental energy to filter all my words to make sure that it's always appropriate. That is a gift, and I want that for everybody. And like I said, it's not just about sex. It doesn't have to be about sex at all. It can just be about community and being in the vibe. So I just want to show that side. I think it's important. And you can agree or disagree, and that's fine. You don't have to agree. But I still want to share with you the beauty of this world, my magical world. So I would love to have you reach out and talk to me if you have any questions about anything. If you are thinking that you are curious about this world and you might want someone's help to help you open up your monogamous relationship or even talk about if it's something that would be right for you, then that's, that's, that's me. I reach out to me and we can talk about that because I would have loved to have someone hold my hand through that process because there's so much to learn and there's so much to know. But it's like once you learn it and once you know it, it's just second nature. But learning it, there's a lot. You know, there's ins and outs. There's, you know, there's self-work and self-love and, and you know, learning about your patterns if you're codependent or not codependent and jealousy is related to this or that. I'm going to have an expert uh, PhD jealousy researcher on, I just talked to her this morning and it's going to be very exciting. Uh, she's really cool, but, uh, I just really want to talk about jealousy and sort of like the psychology of, of jealousy and how, how it, there's not a lot of people talking about jealousy and it's prevalent in both non-monogamy and monogamous relationships. So she studied it particularly in um, open relationships or non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, and now she's really researching the other side of, of with monogamous relationships, and it's just really interesting listening to some of her findings. So 
that is going to be exciting. Probably will be September, September, October that we'll have a talk with her. Um, in the meantime, if you want to look up her, her stuff, her name is Dr. Jolie Hamilton. So you can look her up online. Uh, maybe I'll put her in the show notes or I'll just wait until she comes on. Um, but if you want to look her up, she has a TED Talk on compersion, which uh, I'm excited to listen to. So I don't think there's anything else that I have to say. Again, come and subscribe and um, message me, like email me and let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know what you want me to talk about. That would be awesome. I just want to hear from you guys. So follow me on Instagram. Like I, like at the end, it'll give you all the, all the links and they're all going to be in the show notes. So go find those links, join the Facebook group, all those beautiful things. I would love to connect with you. And remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Don't forget that. Be you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at CorrineBedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at BreakingFreeAuthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.